I'm Mike Gorman, and you're listening to the Celtics Pod podcast for Celtics Blog. Good morning, everybody. Happy Monday. It's been a wild weekend. You guys all got my reaction to the Kemba Walker trade that involved Al Horford and Moses Brown coming back to Boston. And I feel like there's no better person to kind of dive into what this means for the Horford family and kind of get where Al's coming, like Al's mentality is, obviously without speaking to Al, then a Boston favorite, somebody that's well-known without, throughout the Celtics fan base, Anna Horford. How are you doing today, Anna? Hi, I'm good. I'm excited. I've, this has been like the craziest, most exciting weekend ever. I've just been riding a high all weekend, so I'm just like super excited. You've um so we'll kind of I want to touch on like your trip and your podcast and stuff, but I need to know like where where was you when you heard this trade had happened? Did you know it was coming? And most importantly, what was your reaction when the trade officially came through? Um, I was actually at work and I wasn't expecting it at the time. Um, we kind of had an idea that there were some talks and that you know. Um, Al obviously has shared with us that he had been missing Boston and um, but in the NBA world, like nothing's a sure thing until it's a sure thing. So, um, so yeah, the news broke and then um, it's just been nonstop ever since then. We've gotten so much love from the city of Boston and Celtics fans from like all over the world, which has been awesome. So yeah, we're, we're just really, really stoked. And we'll dive into this in a moment, but we need to at least know how you're doing. Like you've been on a wild trip the last 18 months. You've basically lived in England for a hot minute. Last time we spoke, you were in the Isle of Wight. Since mm-hmm. then, you've been back to the States. You're still doing your podcast and you've been to Iceland. So how's that? How's everything going? How's the podcast going? How's it been readapting to the American life? Yeah, it's good. I mean, I did spend like the majority of last year living in England, which was a huge change. But you know, the world was kind of like topsy turvy last year anyway. So nothing was really normal. And um, I loved it over there. I don't know how you feel about England. I know you probably are like, uh, the States might sound a bit more fun. But no, I I really loved um, living in England. And then, yeah, I've just been working on my podcast. I had a mini series um, last fall and winter um, on taboo topics. That was so fun. I got, you know, some really great guests on for that series. And I'm still with the CLNS Media Network out of Boston. Um, so we are, you know, working on my next season, my next series. So that should be coming out pretty soon. Um, but yeah, I've just kind of been. Uh, traveling a bit now that the world's a bit safer and fully vaccinated. And um, as you know, UK citizens still can't get into the US. The borders are still closed. So my fiance is in England and the only option we really had was to meet in the middle in Iceland. So we decided to do that. And so we took a trip and we went out there and it was fun and beautiful and amazing. And um, so, yeah, we've just kind of been on the move. But this this news just kind of added to, you know, it's it's a nice, like, bright spot after, like, all the darkness that 2020 kind of um, had for everyone. 
it is wild that we like English citizens still can't go to the US. And then if anyone coming from the US comes here, it's like a 10 day quarantine period before you can even like go outdoors and do stuff. So yeah. Iceland was Iceland sounds great. I mean, you have the hot springs and they um it's meant to be like beautiful scenery and re- I think you tweeted saying the water is amazing. Yeah, the water's amazing. I I did tweet like so if you're looking to go to Iceland, there are some like tips and tricks um that I had tweeted about like buy your alcohol at duty free because it's so expensive. It's almost criminal how like, expensive it is to like get a drink um out in Iceland. So like buy your alcohol at duty free, bring a reusable water bottle for uh their water because their water tastes amazing anywhere you go. Um the hot springs were really great. Blue Lagoon was cool. We went whale watching um we went to Reykjavik and you know went bar hopping and of course we had to find um an English pub while we were there um (laughs) and so so we you know hit that up and and it was really fun uh just about everyone speaks English and that makes it easy um and people are really friendly over there so um if you are kind of like an outdoorsy person and you're looking for something new I would definitely recommend Iceland it always helps when people speak English. I'm notorious for getting lost when I'm abroad. Um, <laughs> like I'll go for a walk and then realize that I've taken too many right or left turns to be able to navigate myself back. And then it becomes panic stations every single time. Yeah. So having people that can understand you when you're asking for directions is a really big help. Absolutely. For sure. And then you come back and now this news happens. And I know that whenever we spoke previously and with you on social media, you've always been very vocal about how the city of Boston kind of welcomed you and your family with open arms. How excited are you to be able to kind of go back there? I know you're not based in Boston, but being able to go back and rekindle some old friendships with players that are still there and their families. How excited are you for that aspect of things? Yeah, it's going to be really nice like seeing everyone or at least the people that we knew, you know, when we were there a couple seasons ago. Um, you know, it's it's always fun to like kind of connect with people and um, you know, get to know the family and we all hang out like in the family room before games at halftime that kind of thing. And the environment's always like really really great. I'm really just looking forward to, yeah, being back at TD Garden and seeing all the people in media who I've made, like, friendships and connections with and everything. So um, it just doesn't even feel real still. Like, I still feel a bit, like, um, shocked because we've been wanting this for so long. And finally, like, the universe kind of brought us what we've been wishing and hoping for and I just it's a very beautiful thing I'm really really looking forward to this season a lot of the team's cause exactly the same right like you've still got Jalen Brown Marcus Smart Tatum's Mm -hmm. still there bringing Al back it kind of feels like you're putting that piece that's been missing for so long back into place and I feel really good about this so for you going back it is going to be a lot of familiarity with um, players families and obviously you've got the new players the rookies and if Evan Fournier stays there, you'll meet him too. But you're going back to a situation that's still very familiar for you and for Al. Do you think that's going to help you guys just feel like you can slide right back into exactly where it was when you left off? Yeah, I think when we get there, it's going gonna, it's gonna to kind of feel like we never left. And I just think Al will just fit so seamless, seamlessly um, in 
you know, with his team in this environment because he's been there and he's done it before. And the guys all like really respect him and they look up to him. And he's just, I think he is going to be a great veteran presence just like he was before. And so, yeah, I think it's, I think it's really going to help the team, especially, you know, um, when it comes to like running the offense and having like the flow of things work really well. I think they were missing that a lot. I think the Celtics were missing, you know, having a big who could pass and, you know, Al is, um, he's known for like, um, having pretty good numbers as far as like assists and stuff and just like helping the flow of the offense. Also, I think they have been missing, um, a strong defensive presence, um, Al, for example, you know, every time he was on the Celtics before we play, um, whoever the 76ers and, and how he was one of the only people who could really stop like Embiid and, and, um, Simmons and whatnot. So I think that they were really missing that. And so I think it's just going to be such a good complimentary thing. And then that will also help the young guys be able to, um, just like develop even more. And do you have you spoke to Al? Is he um, does he know what the team are expecting his role to be this early before a coach has been instilled, or are you guys kind of just hey we're going to be in Boston and whatever they ask is going to work because we know the city, we know the players, and we know that this is where we're supposed to be. Yeah, I mean, I think well, like the the phone call that we had this weekend, he FaceTimed me and he was with all the kids and his wife Amelia and all the kids are jumping up and down and his oldest, um, Ian, you know, he's like getting ready to get all this Celtic stuff back out of the closet. And like, it was mostly like celebrating this weekend. That's really what it was all about. And just like being happy. So we didn't really get into like, um, discussing the team and whatnot, but I think Alan knows exactly what's expected of him and what his role is going to be. And I think he's just going to be able to, um, fill the, the shoes that, need to be filled and I think it's gonna work out really really well and um Jalen and Jason have like gone on record and praised Al and and even um Williams and stuff about his leadership and how much you know they look up to him how much he's helped them and um so I think that they're probably really looking forward to Al's return as well and yeah it's just I'm I'm really really excited What's crazy is I was on um, Spotify Green Room yesterday when we were talk- talking about Al being signed um, in that trade, and so many people were stoked because they'd kept their Al Horford jerseys, and now they feel <laughs> like they they're like this was the one time where a player leaves and you keep that jersey for nostalgia reasons, and now you just have a brand new jersey again. So you're going to be one of the first people um, out in the streets back in Horford gear. So a lot of people were kind of happy for that. Yeah, I saw a few people like tweeting me saying like oh yeah, I get to get the jersey out of the closet now. I'm so excited. Or um, some people have them like hung up or framed or whatever. And it's been really cool. Just like all the support and love we've gotten has been so overwhelming. There is no fan base like Boston's fan base. It is insane. And like, I don't know, it's such a beautiful thing. It's been, it's been really, really great. What's crazy is like all the media members after they had their initial reaction to the trade, I saw some, myself, not as a media member, but myself included, the first thing a lot of people did was kind of welcome you back more than welcome <laughs> out. Yeah, um, a few people had commented on that and um, had said, you know, oh, she's gotten so many more tweets than Al and um, whatnot. I just, I think 
just because I'm, I'm a lot more vocal and, you know, me and me and my brothers and sister, um, never really like fully left like weird Celtics Twitter. And so I think like their appreciation for us has just always kind of been there. And yeah, it's really, really funny. Al, like he called me before he even like called our dad to like talk about, um, to talk about the trade and whatnot, because he just knows how much Boston means to me. And he knew how excited I would be. And he was like so excited to tell me. So it was really great. How often are you planning to go back? I mean, because you, you're based, um, was it, you're, you're not based in Boston, are you? So it's a bit no, of a journey yeah. back for you. I'm in Michigan, but the flight is super easy uh, from like Detroit to, to Boston. So I probably will try to get out there at least once a month. Um, for the season and whatnot. I'd love to be at the opening game. Um, and I'd love to get out there as much as possible. And just like, I can't wait to be back at TD Garden. It's such a special place. And we've like really, really missed it. It's crazy, right? Like how, like I've always said this, like uh, I've got friends, my oldest friend lives all the way over in LA and we don't see each other for five, six years at a time. But when you when you meet up and it's like you were with each other yesterday, and I feel like that's going to be how Al feels when he walks back into that locker room and he's going to slide into one of those leading voices. Mm-hmm. Have you? Has he mentioned anything about that? Like, hey, I'm going to be there to kind of because that was kind of what Oklahoma asked him to do, right? In the latter part of the season, was to just be that locker room leading voice and help bring that next generation through. And he's going there with Moses Brown as well. Um, is Al? Is that a a role that Al kind of embraces or is he looking forward to actually getting playing time again? Because when he did play, he was really, he was really impactful for Oklahoma. It was a shock when they decided to um, sit him out for the middle, from the middle and middle to the end of the season. Yeah. um, He, I think he's definitely really excited to play. I think there are a lot of people who are questioning, you know, how much he has left in the tank and whatnot. And I think he's going to, like, prove a lot of people wrong. I think a lot of people are going to be very surprised, um, especially coming off of fresh legs and whatnot and being able to rest, like, the second half of the season this year. Um, And then I think he's just ready to prove himself, just go to Boston, prove himself. Um, Boston's also getting playoff Al back, which is a super impactful player. Um, And, you know, he puts up great, stats in the playoffs and he's known for like turning up the volume um in the playoffs which is something i think boston sorely missed so that's exciting i think he is ready i joke with people all the time about how he's just like the team dad i think he's just ready to kind of take up that role again um and just be there as like a mentor and and he's kind of like that calm presence in the midst of chaos for these young guys and so i think that's really really going to come through really going to help the team this year have you seen the Father's Day tweets where they've got like Al as the dad and then Embiid as the baby and Embiid sitting on his <laughs> yeah. lap? Yeah. They're, they're so funny. Celtics Twitter's going to have a field there. Oh yeah, I know. It's they they are they're funny. I wonder I wonder if Embiid ever sees those cuz Al's not on social media very much, but I do not see uh Joel appreciating that um very much. But it is I mean, it is funny. You have the means of contact, right? Can't you send them to someone that can pass them over to him? We need those reactions. Oh, gosh. I don't even want to get involved, <laughs> especially now that they're rivals again. Um, so, so yeah. Um, but, yeah, funny. What Weird Celtics Twitter never disappoints. So that's a really good point. I mean, 
for you and Al, your the time in Philadelphia was quite um, tumultuous. We'll use we'll use a polite word. Yeah, that's um, a nice word for it. <laughs> and now you're coming back to Boston. Do you feel kind of vindicated in seeing Al go back to a team where they're most likely they're projecting to be a better team than Philly? Well, in my opinion, um, and being, if Al be a, a, is able to kind of lock and bead back up and do what he did in his previous stints, you kind of get that last laugh after, because they did treat you guys quite poorly as a fan base. Yeah, I mean, I think Philly in general is just so hard on their teams and their athletes and and whatnot. And I see fans, you know, talking about Embiid and Simmons and um, Tobias, and it's everyone. No one is safe from the just the brutal criticism but yeah our family did um obviously have to put up with a lot of that and I think it's just like we were just so used to having like a fan base we were comfortable with in Boston and that like really respected Al to like and then we you know went to Philly where it was um kind of a a tough fit and things didn't like go as smoothly as we hoped but um yeah, I don't know. It's it's interesting. I'm I'm really excited that Al's back in green. That's all I have to say. I mean, the Celtics fan base can be quite cutthroat as well. Uh, if you followed the the Celtics Twitter this year, it's been more cutthroat than I've seen it in like the last three to four years. Yeah, definitely. How do you think that works? Because, like you say, they show nothing but love to you and to Al. Do you think they just respect what he brings to the floor or is there an understanding with like, because you're there kind of like the spokesperson in a way, you kind of like, (laughs) if anyone's got anything to say about how they always seem to direct it at you because they know they'll get a response. Do you think that garners you additional respect compared to players that aren't social, aren't on social media or have somebody to kind of speak for them type of thing? Yeah. I mean, I think people just know that, um, that I have Al's back and I have, you know, and I'll support whatever team he's on and, and his teammates and stuff. And so I think people do see me as like, um, I don't know. They do vent their frustrations at me. And just because Boston loves us doesn't mean that we're spared from criticism because we're definitely not. And I don't think that you ever should be, you know, um, put on a pedestal or, or spared from criticism when, you know, um, when you deserve to be criticized, I suppose, like no one's perfect. And, and um, so, yeah, I, I don't think that we should be, I don't think anyone should be put on a pedestal. Um, but I don't know, for some reason, it, even if, you know, things get rocky in Boston, there are always those people who have our backs. Like there are always those people who will kind of stand up for us and stuff. And I think that was really lacking in Philly. Um, and I did tweet like about Oklahoma uh, they were amazing as well. So um, it it wasn't that I wasn't going to like any team that Al, you know, uh, went to after Boston. It was really just that we didn't have a good experience in Philly, uh, but did have a great experience in Oklahoma. Everyone was really great and nice, and I'm glad we're back to that here in Boston. How much do you, has um, Al spoke to you about um... – like, you know, all the changes that have happened in Boston? Because I, I know you said you had that FaceTime with him. So was anything mentioned about the way it's going to be different for him with Brad Stevens now being president of basketball operations, Danny Ainge not being there, and then the whole uncertainty about 
which players are still going to be there and who's going to be the head coach? Has any of this kind of crossed his mind already? Because at the moment, it is a very um, rocky situation with a lot of changes that are still to come. I'm sure it's been on his mind. We didn't really talk about that. We were more like jumping up and down celebrating. (laughs) So we didn't really get into like the nitty gritty details of things. But I think he fully trusts um, the front office and and he trusts Brad Stevens. And so I I think that he's just kind of going to let things play out. And whatever happens, he's just going to go in there, um, do his job get stuff done and you know he tweeted how he felt like he had unfinished business in Boston and I think like this team next year I have a really really great feeling I've said this to a few people like um, I think that they're gonna be a really fun team to watch I think they're gonna surprise a lot of people so I'm really looking forward to it and with uh and what's up Anna I'm I'm Greg by the way sorry I I uh I'm I'm here in Austin Texas and I Hi, have a different <laughs> I have a different time zone and I thought we were on the wrong time zone my bad but um <laughs> I'm really super excited to talk to you so with Al and um Brad Stevens Brad Stevens now being in the front office what what would you say that like mutual respect between those two individuals is you know, with Al having left Boston and now returning to Boston, has the respect between those two individuals even grown stronger, would you say? Yeah, I mean, probably. I think with any relationship, as the years go by, if you're on good terms with someone, um, your relationship probably will get stronger, probably will get better. And I think Brad trusts Al and Al trusts Brad. And, um, you know, that's the foundation for any good relationship is trust so um so yeah I think I think they have a mutual understanding and they both have the same end goal which is to you know bring another um bring another championship to Boston and and so yeah I think I think he's really looking forward to just like getting down to work and um and starting this next season and do you think Al would be open to coming off the bench? I know that's kind of like a nitty-gritty question, but I think with the the Celtics this season, one of the biggest issues that we had was that Robert Williams was unable to stay healthy, right? Like I think everybody would agree that he's the the center of the future. But going into next season, do you know if Al has any expectations about whether he's going to be starting or coming off the bench? I think Al is going to be open to whatever role um, – is asked of him like whatever is asked of him I think he's going to be ready to to fill those shoes so whether that's coming off the bench whether that's starting um I think he probably will be starting but if they ever need him to come off the bench Al's not the kind of guy to um you know dwell on on those little things he's all about winning at the end of the day and so whatever helps the team in the long run, I think is what he's going to just, um, that's what he's going to do. And that's what he's comfortable with. And so, yeah. And w- one last thing about Al and, you know, his presence in the locker room. So I know that he's, he's always seen as like a great locker room guy and everyone calls him like a great leader. One of the things that's kind of been missing in the Celtics locker room since Al left was a vocal leader. You know, Marcus Smart's kind of the heart and soul of the team. And, you know, he's he's the one guy that's not afraid to be vocal. Growing up with Al, was he much of a, you know, a vocal leader in, in the family or on his teams as he was, you know, growing up? Or is, is he more of a lead by example guy? Yeah, I mean, I think he's always kind of taken on leadership roles his whole life. Um, 
he's the oldest uh, Horford kid. So he, you know, he was always the big brother and always was looking out for all of us. And and then even, you know, going to high school in AAU, he was team captain or like, yeah, very, very vocal. And he's just a very steady presence. Um, even in Florida, when they were, you know, uh, with Billy Donovan, they won the back-to-back national championships. If you ask like the the rest of the starters on that team, like what Al's role was, it was, they always answered, you know, um, he's our like calming presence. He's steady. He's not at that time, not necessarily the dad of the team, which is what I refer to him now, like with the Celtics, but, um, but yeah, so I think he's always kind of embraced that role. And I think that's going to make all the difference um, to these young guys. And so, so yeah, I think it, it's, it's a very positive, good thing. So can we call him Daddy Al this year? Oh, God. I feel like that sounds weird. <laughs> you guys oh, well, we'll, can if you really okay. want to. <laughs> we'll, keep, we'll, keep, we'll keep workshopping that. Yeah. <laughs> sounds like um, that Spotify, that podcast Spotify just bought that Call Her Daddy. I feel like... Um, oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, that's, that's a little weird. Um, for uh that's a little weird for me being like a sibling obviously this isn't this isn't <laughs> ohio so um so yeah but yeah you guys you guys call them whatever you want <laughs> just make sure it's nice or don't or make sure anna's not following you one of the yeah two. exactly <laughs> don't don't cross any don't cross any lines um that you'll regret but but yeah oh man it's i'm, I'm really stoked the question i've got for you is like do you have like have you ever had interactions with Kemba? Have you have you um, got connections to him? Have you spoke to him or heard about how he's kind of taken this? Because there's a lot of conjecture out there that he was at the forefront of looking for a trade. I'm just not sure if that's if he's somebody in your social circles. Yeah, not with me. No, like I don't I don't know Kemba, um, and I don't know how he feels about this trade. Um, I know that there was a lot of speculation about like how happy he was in Boston and, and a lot of people try to like take that and run with it. Like, Oh, Kyrie wasn't happy in Boston. He ran like Kemba wasn't happy. He left. Al wasn't happy. He left. That's not always the case. Like people always try to make it so black and white and it's not. And every player has their preferences. Every player has their reasons for things. And I mean, look at Al, he came back. So Mm -hmm. if that, that, says a lot I think about Boston because he's just he's at the point in his career where um you know he could have gone somewhere else and and he chose to go home and and that's Boston so so yeah so you talked about social circles Anna one of one of uh my connections through the podcast circle we I have another podcast and I had your girl uh Kwani Lunas on yeah um, can you talk about your relationship with Kwani and just like what, um, you know, how excited you are to kind of be back in the media circles of Boston? Yeah. First of all, I love Kwani. Shout out. Um, she was at my bachelorette party in Boston a few weeks ago. Um, she's the yacht, so the yacht, the infamous yes. yacht photos. <laughs> yes. That was so fun. Um, we've actually talked about doing a part two um, since COVID has kind of ruined the wedding date and it's further back now. So I'm like, maybe I should just have two bachelorette parties and just go Go back to Boston. Um, So yeah, no, she's great. And I'm so proud of her. She has come up um, in the Boston, like media just circle or whatever. And 
Um, especially just being like a woman of color who is just doing such amazing things. I am so proud of her. Um, she's a total rock star. And yeah, I'm I'm so excited and, and everyone's so cool, like Abby Chin and Amanda and I'm just I'm so excited to like reconnect with everybody, see them at games and, and it really does just it feels just so right. Yeah, she's she's so cool. I we had um A Sherrod on and we were talking with him about Kwani and what you know what he sees for her and her future. Um what are, what are your aspirations in in media? Um, you know, what are you trying to do? I mean, I love podcasting. It's something that's really fun. Um, and it's something I feel like I'm, I'm pretty like decent at. So I, I do enjoy doing the podcasting, um, because we have such a big, crazy family. Um, a lot of people have said that, you know, they're like, Oh, well your family, you guys should have like your own show or, whatever, you know, maybe hooping with the Horfords or something. <laughs> I like that. Yeah, I was just gonna, um, I was gonna say that. Yeah, that's dope. yeah so like, um, we have been kind of met, like playing around with that a bit. Um, I'm not sure if it, you know, if anything will ever come from it. But that would be really fun. I think you guys would get a kick out of it just because we are a crazy ass family. Um, <laughs> and so yeah, maybe potentially like if there's a network who wants to pick it up or something we'd love to do something like that um but yeah just gonna gonna keep going with my podcast and stuff probably do a couple events in boston i'd love to do um something where i could hang out with um like celtics fans and stuff maybe like right before the start of next season so i will definitely keep everyone posted on that you've done those before right and those Horford happy hours in like bars before games and stuff yeah, I did a Horford happy hour with Cedric Maxwell, um, not last year, but the year before that in Boston. And we kind of did a live event and we interviewed each other, which was really fun. Um, and it, it was very unfiltered. Um, there was, you know, wine and alcohol involved, which makes things just so much more fun. <laughs> um, and so, so, yeah, we'll probably do something like that again. That was great. What what is it like when y'all uh, watch games and like you're you're cheering for Al and you're together as the 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 Horford family? Does does it get pretty rowdy in the room? Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of screaming. <laughs> there is a lot of like, um, yeah, there's a lot of yelling. Our little brother Josh hates it because um, me and my sister just get so into it. Um, and so, so yeah, no, there's a lot of yelling. There's a lot of yelling when we go to games as well. Like we never want to like embarrass Al, but we'll be out of our seats screaming at the refs. We'll like just fully, like if someone like shoves Al or something, we'll just fully get on our feet and like just act, you know what I mean? Like we're, just, <laughs> we're crazy. We're so, we're such a competitive family and we're so like, we're all always there for each other, have each other's back. So, um, so yeah, it gets it gets a little wild in the Horford house sometimes. How how tough was that when it was like Al versus Boston, and you've kind of got that juxtaposition going on in the room? Yeah, it felt weird. Like, um, it almost felt like just not real. Like seeing Al in a Philly jersey for the first time was like such a mind meld like <laughs> i was like are we in an alternate universe like it was very strange it didn't um, look right y- yeah yeah i think he looks <laughs> better in green and white but uh, definitely 
<laughs> but yeah, no, it's, it's, it's always interesting. You always want to be supportive. So that's, that's what we try to do at the end of the day. Did he have much of a relationship with uh, Joel Embiid? Um, from what I know, he kind of tried to be a bit of a mentor. Um, so not just Joel, but like everyone on the team. Um, and just as far as I know, they're not like obviously super close or anything. I think mm-hmm. they're very different people. Al is very much like the ultimate um, professional where he, you know, is like, hey, we're here um, to do a job and mm-hmm. to not, you know, you know how Embiid kind of he gets texts here and there. He uh, <laughs> he runs his mouth a bit. That a lot of histrionics. Thing. Yeah, that's something yeah. that Al is just not, uh, he's not into that. So so they're very, very different people. It, it was funny because like when he went to Philly, right, like he and Embiid went at it in those playoff series and they were banging with each other, throwing elbows. It didn't seem like they even really respected each other. So for the fact that Al went to Philly, that was the biggest thing I was wondering. I was like, man, so the money obviously is important, right? You know, go get the bag. But like going to play with a team that you you just battled with over the last few years and then a team that, you know, I mean, I don't know if it was Al saying, I don't want to have to bang with Embiid anymore. You know, I'd rather just kind of join the dark side, if you will. But it, it, it's always interesting to me the decisions that go that, you know, players have to make when they're switching sides, when the contract is up. And I was wondering if you could give any perspective into Al's thought process on like joining the Sixers at that time? Was it purely just like, Hey, they offered more money. Um, I, it wasn't just a money thing. Um, and I think with any player and any decision they make, there are always like multiple factors, um, that go into that decision. Nothing is ever black and white. And I think Al just being at the age he's at and how many seasons he has accumulated in the NBA, like he is ready for a ring he's a five-time all-star sure. um you know his next step is like getting that ring and i think he saw a great opportunity obviously um it didn't work out and the chemistry just wasn't there for that team um they were a bit of a mess um but so yeah i, I so i think he i think he's just he's been looking for that um ever since and and now that he's back in boston i think he feels really good about his decision well he should after looking at you know the rest of the playoff picture this year it really seemed like the celtics you know if a couple things had broken right for them earlier in the playoffs with the injuries that just happened in the nets I think Celtics fans at the end of the season were kind of down on the squad. And now when you look at the rest of the landscape across the league, there's no reason to say that this Celtics team, especially with Big Bro joining the picture, that we can't make a serious run in the East next year. So I'm super excited about that for sure. Yeah, agreed. Definitely. I mean, I'm just excited to see Al just dominating again, especially on the <laughs> defensive end. And then I'm excited to see Anna like interacting with the uh, the – the sad Celtics fans that like to try and put like overreact to every game. Cause Anna usually kind of puts everybody like that in check real quick. So um, that's always fun to watch. I enjoy seeing that. We didn't see too much of that in Oklahoma, but as you tweeted out, you said they had a very classy fan base. They treated you guys well. Yeah, they were great. They were really, really great. And obviously like with Al not playing towards the end of the season, um, you know, uh, that kind of slowed things down for us, like on social media and stuff, but we always still tried to support it and like, made sure we were, you know, um, interacting as much as possible with those fans whenever, like, they reached out and stuff. And 
So yeah, I mean, I try to be like positive. I try to, I'm like one of those people where, um, like I have so many Sully's brand, uh, shirts that say, you know, believe in Boston. That hashtag is like my, that is my mantra, like believe in Boston. And and so I, I hate the overwhelming negativity. So I do try to be like a bit of like a, a more, you know, positive presence. Um, so, so yeah, I'll just, I'll continue with that. Perfect. Anna, I want to thank you for jumping on with us. Um, I feel like everybody listening is going to kind of be a bit, if they're not already hyped, they're going to be hyped after listening to this, knowing how happy <laughs> Ali is to be coming back and the reaction of your family when everybody found out I was going back to Boston. And we'll definitely speak again. This is, I think this is the third time you've been on the show. So I want to thank you for taking the time to jump back on with us. Yeah, absolutely. Super excited for this season. Really, really looking forward to it. Yeah, and Anna, for me, it, it was an absolute honor speaking with you. Um, we've interacted a few times on Twitter. Uh, you probably did. We're, um, so you've, you know, you've uh, screenshotted us on your Instagram a couple of times. So it's really cool to get to talk to you in person. Not, you know, it, it's a really big honor. I don't want to like oversell it and stroke your <laughs> ego too much, but I, I'm, I'm pretty excited about this. Uh, that's amazing. Yeah, you guys are so dope. Thank you. So happy to come on and chat with you guys. Awesome. Anna, do you want to let everybody know what you've got going on and where they can find it before you leave? Yeah, sure. Um, if you want to follow me on Twitter, um, it's my Twitter's not for the faint of heart. So just uh, <laughs> before you hit that follow button, um, no, I'm kidding. But it's just Anna Horford. And then my Instagram is Anna underscore Horford. And my podcast is Horford Happy Hour, available on iTunes, all major podcasting platforms. Uh, so yeah, that's where you can find me. Awesome. Everybody listening, uh, make sure to follow Anna and support everything she's doing. As usual, please make sure you go over to your Apple app and leave that five-star written review. If you can't do that, then word of mouth is always the best way to let everybody know that you enjoy what we're doing. Hey, there's a random English guy talk about basketball. It's fun. <laughs> you know that you like Greg. You know that you like Will when he's here as well. So we really appreciate the support and we will catch you again on Wednesday. Thanks again, Anna. Thank you. Ain't disrespecting you haters, I ain't sweating your opinion Y'all attest to my patience, never did it for a check I've been impressed with the famous, just rather be creative Than stressing my wages, ageless, every time I lay a verse down One play at a time, keep it moving like a first down And at the end of the day, I can say that I made this MJ never made it to the major, still he chased greatness Expected that he might fail, and I might too I might never get to pop champagne